Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. This is a place to get equipped to make a difference for the kingdom of God. So get ready to be empowered by this message. Well, love, love. What a loaded word, isn't it? We throw it around haphazardly without understanding its power. We uh, act so confident in our understanding of love, (laughs) yet we know so little about it. We're so bombarded with Satan's counterfeit love that it's become a stronghold in our minds, and we struggle to escape this perversion that's really infecting every relationship that we have. Well, today marks the end of that struggle. Today marks the end. Today marks the breaking of strongholds as we allow God's word to come in like a sword and cut off every bit of counterfeit love. Can anybody just submit to that process today? You do realize that it's going to be a little painful, right? Cutting away of things hurts a little bit, but it's worth it. So the Bible reveals that love is more important than prophecy and the gifts of the Spirit. Actually, without love, the gifts of the Spirit are meaningless. Meaningless. The Bible also reveals that love is more important than knowledge. In other words, what you know about the Word of God doesn't matter without love. In God's eyes, love is even greater than faith. It's greater than faith. It's not that faith isn't important. It's just pointless without love. If you want to serve God well, love comes first. And I believe it's so important that you might as well just set aside everything else and focus on love until you get it. We know this. We all know about this because 1 Corinthians 13 is what? One of our go-tos in the church, right? It's a popular. The problem is we know it, but we don't do it. We don't do it. And the evidence is in our actions. So the things listed about love in 1 Corinthians 13, they are not unattainable. They're not unattainable. It wasn't written to show you that you'll never measure up. How many of you thought that it was? That must have been written so that I knew that I could never actually truly love. No, that's not why it was written. It was written for clarity so that we can demonstrate God's love. So as we go through these, I'm going to give you a chance at the end of each one of them to break the stronghold that's keeping you from true love. So if you discover an area where you want freedom, respond quickly today. I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond, but you're required to respond quickly. I'm not going to sit around and wait. I'm not even going to ask you more than one time. If you want to break the, re- the stronghold, you have to respond. Everybody say, my response matters. My response matters. It matters. Not just between you and God, but between you and your spouse, between you and your kid, your response matters. It's cool because our kids have actually been teaching us that they'll give us something and we don't say thank you. What do we do? Like, what's our, I can't even, oh yeah, we don't say you're welcome. They say thank you and we're like, "Mm mm-hmm. And the girls are like, you mean you're welcome? I was like, yes, that is, that is a much better response. Yes. Your response matters. All right, so love suffers long and is kind. <laughs> you see, we often separate these out, but I believe they go together. Not only is, long lo- not only is love long-suffering, which means patient, but it is kind while it is patient. Do you know why this phrase, what this phrase long-suffering really means? To be patient in bearing the offenses and injuries of others. Let me say that again. To be patient in bearing the offenses and injuries of others. Exciting stuff. 
Here's how it's explained in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make room for the faults of others, recognizing that you too have faults. I'm just going to look around the room here. Does everybody know they have faults? <laughs> it's not that you ignore the faults, but when those faults come to the surface, you approach resolve with that person with patience, with kindness, and with gentleness. If you tend to get upset with others' faults, and you're ready to break the stronghold, why don't you raise your hand right now and surrender that to God? Amen. Now, if you tend to ignore others' faults, instead of finding resolve with patience, kindness, and gentleness, make a commitment right now to embrace the uncomfortable conversation. Uh, <laughs> All right. Moving along. Love does not envy. Here we find ourselves all the way back to number 10 of the Ten Commandments, don't we? Thou shall not covet. Every time you get jealous of what someone else has, not only are you breaking one of the Ten Commandments, but you're abandoning the most important part of your Christian walk, love. Anybody ever tell you that? I mean, because we treat that like it's a small thing, like I'm just jealous of what someone... It's not a small thing. You're breaking one of the Ten Commandments. <laughs> one of the Ten Commandments. And you're abandoning your love walk. So do you get upset when someone else gets a promotion? Are you upset with those who have more money than you? Uh, how about that person who got the car that you wanted? This is a hard thing to admit, but today we're breaking strongholds. So if you want freedom from this, why don't you just stand up right now, deny your pride, and receive freedom? Awesome. Break that right off. It's no way to live. Praise God. Consider it broken. You're not going to deal with that anymore. All right, so love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely. It does not seek self. Have you ever been around somebody who constantly talks about themselves and what they've accomplished? Anybody ever been around that person? It's exhausting because it's ungodly behavior. What I just explained was an extreme case, but by observation, I found that most Christians are bound by this because it's the most flaunted expression of counterfeit love. In the world, everything is about me. Pamper yourself. Put yourself first. Make sure you get your me time. Parents, make sure you get your me time. Put your mark on the earth. Don't let anybody get in your way. You do you. The best way to figure out if you've been infected with this is to ask yourself a question. Am I more interested in others than I am myself? Like when you uh, meet with somebody, are you consumed with what you're going to say? Or are you more interested in learning what they have to say? In other words, would you be okay simply sitting there and asking questions and just learning about them and you don't even say anything about yourself? Would you be okay with that? You see, the solution for this is simple. You just get curious about others. Get curious about others. Find out what they're up to. Find out what they're trying to accomplish. Find out how you can help them reach their goals with no ulterior motive. Like do all those things without having the need to express what you need. And you know you're not infected by this. So if you want the Holy Spirit to start correcting you every time you get consumed with self, raise your hand and opt in. 
<laughs> going to opt into that. And now I'll say this, Holy Spirit, do what it takes to rid me of selfishness. Oh, buddy, do you know what you just said? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Some of y'all might just have kids for that one. You just invited children into your life. <laughs> Love is not easily provoked. Do <laughs> you know what this is saying? Love is not irritable. <laughs> Now, before we go on, I just want to make sure you all haven't tuned me out yet, because it's, it's easy to tune things out that are familiar to us. We've heard 1 Corinthians 13 how many times, how many times, how many times, how many times. So it's like, I've heard this before. I don't need it. Resist the urge to do that, because you still need it, because I, I can see, because you're not everybody's doing all, all of these things. And you know, in these long lists of things that the Bible gives us, we tend to tune out towards the end. We'll get love is patient, kind, and, and blah, 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 all the others, right? <laughs> all the others. Oh, it's all good stuff. I'm just not quite sure what it's actually saying. And that's why we're going through these one at a time today. So love is not easily provoked. Love is not irritable. So if it's easy to make you upset, today everything changes. That's not who you are. You see, the enemy would love for you to believe that's how you're wired. So all of you who get easily upset, how many times have you heard that? That's just how you're wired. That's just how you are. But that's not true. Since God has put his love on the inside of you, you are more than capable of doing this. If you're done being irritable, if you're done being one of those people who just fly off the handle, if you're done being someone that people are afraid to talk to, break the stronghold now. Lift up your hands and surrender this to the Lord and say this, I'm done being irritable. I rebuke the lie that this is my personality. It's not who I am. I am full of peace, and I am full of patience. Amen. Praise the Lord. Love thinks no evil. What would be considered an evil thought? Punch somebody. All right. <laughs> wow. We see what's going on with Ben up here. Is that what you're thinking about me right now? Is that what you're thinking about me right now? He's like, if they didn't have a security team here, might just get up there and sock him a new one. You see, you probably go to the extreme and you think about lust, you think about perversion, you think about hate, you think about violence. But the reality is any ungodly thought is an evil thought. Any ungodly thought is an evil thought. Early in my marriage... I would uh, sit and think about everything Beth was doing wrong. Yeah. And our marriage would be so much better if she would just change. Interestingly, I couldn't see that I was the problem. Isn't that interesting how that works out? When you rehearse your spouse's faults, or anybody's faults for that matter, it would be considered evil thinking. Evil thinking. Nowhere does God say to consume yourself with somebody else's faults or even your own. Now, several years ago, I was lying in bed rehearsing what I had done wrong. I made the mistake, a mistake in one of my work projects, and I was playing it over and over 
and over and over and over and over and over. I was thinking, I can't believe I did that. What is my boss going to think whenever I tell him? I'm such an idiot. How did I not see that? I deserve to be tormented with guilt. I deserve to be fired. All this stuff, right? Over and over and over. And I'd been doing this my whole life. I was good at it. That's one of my skills. <laughs> I was consumed with my own failures, but this time the Holy Spirit interrupted my pity party. And he reminded me of a scripture that I had already read many times. One of those things that I knew, <laughs> but I wasn't doing. Philippians 4, 8, fix your thoughts. You see, my thoughts were broken. They were broken, so I had to fix them. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And in this moment, I received a revelation from this scripture. Any thought that does not pass every condition in this test is ungodly. And allowing ungodly thoughts to continue is sin. Love thinks no evil. Now, I'm not talking about those ungodly thoughts that enter in and you take them captive and get rid of it. That's what we're supposed to do with it. I'm talking about those ungodly thoughts that you rehearse when you mull over somebody else's faults in your mind over and over again, when you mull over your own failures over and over again. Aren't you glad God doesn't do that? Man, could he even survive that? I mean, he'd have a lot of thoughts to think about, wouldn't he? Goodness. So let's line up with God and only think on things that are excellent and worthy of praise. If it doesn't meet every condition in this scripture, it's evil thinking. That's going to set some of you all free. All right. And here's how we do it. 2 Corinthians 10.5 gives us the answer. Bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So this is an ongoing choice that you have to make. When an evil thought comes on the scene, you cast it out. You know what? I would treat evil thoughts as demons, as if they're demons. Cast it out. Get out of here. Not in my mind. Don't allow it to take up residence in your mind. Replace it with godly thoughts. There's no shortcut for this. <laughs> I wish I could just tell you to raise your hand. You're never going to have an ungodly thought again. It doesn't work that way. Renewing your mind is ongoing work. You have to work at it. You have to put in the effort. You have to become the master of your own mind. God left that job up to you. He said, you renew your mind with the word of God. It's up to you. I wish I could have you come up here and lay hands on you and cast out every ungodly thought for the rest of your life. But it doesn't work that way. You have to do it. This is your job. Nobody can do it for you. Take responsibility. Love does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. This is where the whole love is love argument starts to fall apart, right? It's iniquity, which is also known as sin, it does not mesh with love. Love and iniquity do not go together. If it has iniquity involved, it is not love. It is counterfeit love. If you have sex outside of marriage, it is counterfeit love. If you have premarital sex, sex before marriage, it is counterfeit love. If you engage in LGBTQ behaviors, it is counterfeit love. Counterfeit. When iniquity is involved, you can be sure that God's love is nowhere to be found. In order to experience God's love, you must live according to the truth found in the Bible. This is another one. That requires discipline. You have to crucify your flesh. Every day, multiple times a day. I can't do that for you. God can't do that for you. You 
crucify your flesh. You have to remove yourself from ungodly behaviors. The Holy Spirit gives you the power to do it. He does. He fills you with power. So guess what, though? You have to do it. You have to do it. Love bears all things. This one's somewhat mysterious. That's one of the ones that we like to just kind of read past. Right? Not really sure what that means, but sounds good. We'll go with that. Let's dig in to make sure we get it. Every detail in scripture is important. He didn't put this in the list to just brush over it. He put it in the list because we need it to understand. So in a practical application, the original Greek word translated to bear refers to a roof that's protecting a home. Here's the definition according to the Thayer lexicon. To protect by covering. To cover with silence. To conceal the faults of others. To keep off something that threatens. So let's talk about what this looks like in everyday life. The Bible instructs us to confess our sins to each other so that we can find healing, right? But it doesn't say to confess the sins of someone else, even when it's disguised as a prayer request. The faults of someone else are not yours to talk about. As a matter of fact, God's kind of love provides a covering of silence while they sort it out. When you find yourself talking about someone else's faults other than to that person, you're in sin. You're working outside of God's love, and you are hindering the body of Christ. It's a serious offense. The church should be a place where you can go to someone, confess your sins, find healing, and trust that they will never say a word about it. Other sins are not yours to share, ever. Your job is to conceal their faults with the covering of silence. If they want to share it, that's up to them. That's up to them. The best way you can help them find healing is by creating a protective covering while they work it out. Because remember, love is patient. We all know that gossip doesn't help somebody overcome sin anyway, right? We all know this. So does anyone want to confess the sin of gossip (laughs) so you can be healed? If so, go ahead and stand up and I'm going to pray with you. If you need to confess that sin. I love this. This this takes boldness. This is good. This is how we break strongholds, y'all. This is called confessing your sins to each other so you can be healed. So let's all pray together now. Lord, we trust your word that whenever we confess our sins to each other, we find healing. So, Lord, we know that you forgive, like the forgiveness is already done. We are already forgiven for these things that we've done, and now we ask you to help us to never do it again. We repent, which means we turn the other way. We're done talking about other people's faults. We're not going to do it anymore. And when those thoughts come up, when when it's about to come out of our mouths, I ask that you put a covering and you muzzle our mouth. You say, don't say that, don't say that, don't say that, don't say that. We need your help. And so we ask you to help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good stuff. Speaking of, has anybody ever felt that unction of the Holy Spirit when he's saying, don't say that, don't say that, don't say that, and it's like trying to come up and you're like pushing it back down. Ah, He'll help you. (laughs) You just got to listen. So love believes all things. Another mysterious statement that we tend to brush over. So we're going to dig into this one too. So we make sure we get it this time. Did you know the same word believing is the same word that they use for believing in Christ? which that makes it even more challenging to wrap your head around because we're talking about believing in other people. 
There are three definitions of this Greek word that bring clarity. To place confidence in, to trust, to commit. Have you seen the movie The Blind Side? Really good movie. A foster care child called Big Mike. He uh, has the odds stacked against him. He's homeless. Nobody seems to care until this unlikely family takes him in. And his new adoptive parents faced all of the challenges with him of where he came from. And they helped him overcome those one painful step at a time. It was a painful process. It wasn't an easy road, but he eventually made his way to the NFL and became an offensive lineman. I mean, just a beautiful story. And we all love stories of the underdogs rising up, don't we? We love that. But we often forget about the key ingredient to their success. There was a good Samaritan somewhere along the way who stepped up and did what nobody else was willing to do. With no leg to stand on, this good Samaritan gave them the gift of placing their confidence in them and who they would become. They offered trust without requiring them to earn it. They committed to the process without wavering. And we love this story because it's really God's love on display. It touches the deepest part of our innermost being because we realize this, this is true love. It's true love. Yet we've adopted a totally different mindset. We've convinced ourselves that people have to earn our trust. They have to earn it. We're not going to place our confidence in them until they give us a good reason to. And commitment, oh, don't bring that word up these days. We struggle to commit to serve at church because we want to leave our options open in case something better comes along for me. That hurts, doesn't it? But that's just a very small symptom of what's really going on. You don't commit to friendships. Most people don't even commit to their spouse because they want to keep their options open. Like, man, if there's a struggle we have in this world, it's with commitment. Commitment's hard. I believe we all have some work to do on this one. And it starts at home. Why don't you give your, your spouse the gift of being confident in who they will become? Why don't you give them the gift of trust without earning it? Commit to the process no matter how challenging it is. How about you do the same for your kids? Do the same for your parents. Do the same for your church family. And most importantly, do the same for God. Of everything we've talked about so far, I imagine this is the most challenging. And that's why you must first give God the gift of trust. Start there. Give God the gift of trust. Trust what he says in his word, even when you don't like it. When you don't understand, trust anyways. Give him the gift of trust. When it's contrary to the world's wisdom, trust anyways. Is it really trust if it has to be earned? Man, we've believed a lie. Love hopes all things. Now we're tying it all together. This, this gives us the picture of patiently waiting for someone to become who they were meant to be. And we're not waiting with our arms crossed, full of criticism. We're waiting with joy, full of confidence that they're going to make it. They're going to make it. So I'm going to give them the gift of trust every step of the way. A person who loves as God loves is someone you can confide in. Someone who cheers you on towards the goal. Someone who helps you along the way. It's not that they never confront you. They're going to confront you because they also rejoice in the truth, don't they? 
but they share it with kindness. They confront you with kindness, and they confront you with the expectation that you can do this. You can do this. They never put you down. They pull you up into the truth. Amen? And love endures all things. It's not a mistake that this is the last thing listed. It's kind of like the bow around this beautiful love package that holds it all together. It also echoes the very first thing that was said. Love is patient. Love endures all things. Patient endurance. Patient endurance is what holds love together. In order to love as God loves, you must resist the urge to bail. You have to persevere through many trials. You have to stay calm and confident when it looks like they're not going to make it. The most challenging thing we will ever do is love as God loves. Our flesh hates it. Satan hates it. The world hates it. Every ungodly thing around us is waging war against God's love. But God has demonstrated his love for you by giving his one and only son as a sacrifice for your sins. He is beyond patient with your nonsense. He thinks no evil about you. None. God remains confident in your outcome even when you're acting like a fool. He gives you the gift of trust even when you didn't earn it. He endures your nonsense as you work through it one step at a time. One slow step at a time. God demonstrates his love for you so that you can love others the same way that he loves you. So the focus of today's message is to help you truly love others. But did you realize that this is exactly how God loves you? It's exactly how he loves you. He is patient and kind. He does not envy. He is not consumed with himself. He is not irritable. He's not irritable. He thinks no evil about you. He forgot your sins. He thinks no evil about you. He does not rejoice in iniquity. He rejoices in the truth. He provides a protective covering over you while you work out your faults. He is confident in who you will become. He gives you the gift of trust, and he's committed to the process no matter how long it takes. Mm, God's love. I want you guys to remember that these things that were listed are not unattainable. They weren't written in 1 Corinthians 13 to show you that you would never measure up. That's not why they were written. They were written for clarity so that we can demonstrate God's love. So who's ready to lean into the power of the Holy Spirit as we choose to love as he loves? Did y'all realize we probably, or we can't do this without the Holy Spirit? We must be full of him to love as God loves. Man, that was good, wasn't it? Help us get God's word out to everyone who needs it by partnering with us financially. Your generous giving is what enables us to make a difference for the kingdom of God. Visit nolimits.fyi to give securely online. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a message. And thanks again for listening. Now let's go make a difference.